It's great to have you joining us on Radio Free Georgia's In Tune to Nature program. I'm host Carrie Freeman coming to you in July of 2023 from Atlanta in the Muscogee Creek Territory in the Piedmont region that's in the foothills of the Appalachia Mountain Range. Today, we're going to be talking about ways the news media can better report on the connections between animal agriculture and the climate crisis in a way that would facilitate needed farming and dietary changes. Our guests are co-authors of a 2023 report called Animal Agriculture is the Missing Piece in Climate Change Media Coverage. They are Connie Aravallo of Faunalytics and Jenny Splitter of Sentient Media. Let me tell you about them and their organizations. Connie Oh, I should say Arevalo. <laughs> Connie Arevalo comes from the a background in wildlife conservation and management and holds a master's in natural resources from Pontificia Universidad Católica de Chile. Connie has conducted research on anthropogenic influences on urban birds in Chile, human carnivore conflicts in Mesoamerica, and the role of protected areas throughout Latin America. Connie is a research associate with Faunalytics. Faunalytics is a nonprofit research organization that conducts studies and shares knowledge to help advocates help animals effectively. Their website is faunalytics.org, and it's spelled like the word for animal life, fauna, which is F-A-U-N-A, fauna. Our other guest is Jenny Splitter. She's a journalist whose previous food and climate reporting has been published by The Guardian, Vox, Sierra Magazine, and Popular Mechanics, just to name a few. She's currently the managing editor of Sentient Media. Sentient Media is a nonprofit journalism organization dedicated to changing the conversation around animal agriculture. They're doing this through critical commentary, investigative journalism, creating resources, strengthening the journalist and advocacy community, partnering with publishers and holding the media accountable, accountable when it fails to report on the most pressing issues of our time. Their website is sentientmedia.org. And sentient is the word for expressing that animals have the ability to feel and sense things. And it's spelled S-E-N-T-I-E-N-T, -E -E sentient. Welcome, Connie and Jenny. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Great to have you. As I was excited about this report, and so I, that's why I wanted to have you on. And so I'll start with you, Connie. Why did Faunalytics see a need to conduct this climate change journalism study and, and to partner with Sentient Media? Yeah, well, uh, Sentient Media actually approached Faunalytics with the study idea. Um, they were curious to find out how often the media reported on animal agriculture as a source for greenhouse gas emissions, um, especially given that in 2019, the EAT Lancet Commission released a report basically saying that our diets needed to shift away from meat and become more plant-based uh, for the world to you know, meet its climate goals. And from Funalytics perspective, this study idea had so much potential to help animals, which is what we do. And it really coincided with our own research interests. Um, I don't know, I basically, you know, I think we, we saw this as a very important topic to research. Um, you know, there's plenty of scientific evidence out there that changing our diets is one of the best actions that we can take to fight the climate crisis. And we've heard this not just from the ET Lancet Commission, but from the UN's FAO, from the World Resources Institute and others. Um, and there's so much evidence, like we know that animal agriculture is responsible for somewhere between 11 and 20% of global greenhouse gas emissions. 
emissions. We know that it's responsible for deforestation, for the destruction and degradation of natural areas, which is harming not only the countless species that depend on these natural habitats, but it's also reducing these natural carbon sinks that help mitigate climate change. Um, so despite all of this, um, so many people aren't really worrying about their diets when it comes to climate change. So, you know, we wanted to know why there's this disconnect between the science and the public's knowledge. And considering the role that the media plays in communicating information to the public, uh, especially scientific information like this, which isn't always that digestible, um, you know, we wanted to see if that disconnect could be at least partly due to the amount of media coverage that animal agriculture gets in relation to climate change. And so that's really how this project was born. And can you tell us what the study entailed or like how you conducted it just briefly? Yeah, absolutely. So we were interested in seeing, you know, how often is animal agriculture discussed by the media in relation to climate change? And then when it is discussed, what are they doing well? What could be improved? What does that general narrative look like? So to do that, we obtained the 100 most recent news articles about climate change from 10 major U.S. news outlets. So we had articles from Reuters, CNN, uh, the New York Post, the Washington Post, the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times. Times, the Los Angeles Times, the Star Tribune, um, the Boston Globe, and the Chicago Tribune. So 100 articles from each of these outlets for a total of 1,000 climate articles. And using a software program called R, we figured out which causes of climate change each article mentioned so that we could determine the percentage of these articles that referred to animal agriculture versus other known causes of climate change, like transportation, mining, manufacturing, energy production, residential causes, things like that. And so after doing that quantitative side of things, um, Jenny read through all the articles that brought up animal agriculture, as well as a random sample of articles that didn't discuss animal agriculture and basically analyzed how animal ag was being discussed by the media. You know, what did they do well? How did they miss the mark? And also looked for missed opportunities to bring up animal agriculture in articles that discussed other causes of climate change. And as a reminder to listeners, the report title that we're talking about is called Animal Agriculture is the Missing Piece in Climate Change Media Coverage. And it's on the websites for faunalytics.org uh, or sentientmedia.org. Connie, can you highlight for us some of the significant findings from the study? I know you outlined them in terms of four main findings. Yeah, definitely. So I think first and foremost, we found that only 7% of climate articles mentioned animal agriculture, and they rarely discussed its impact on climate change. So 7% is just 69 out of 1000 articles. So that is, Whoa. yeah, very low coverage. <laughs> um, and instead, we found that other causes of climate change came up much more often, um, especially mining, manufacturing and energy production, emissions, fossil fuels and transportation, these came up in as many as 68% uh, of our climate articles. So that's a really big difference there. Um, and the amount of coverage that Animal Ag received did vary based on the news outlet we were looking at. So for example, the Los Angeles Times did the best job with about 14% of their articles bringing up Animal Ag, but coverage went as low as 2% for other outlets. Um, so overall, Animal Ag didn't really come up uh, nearly as often as other causes of climate change, even when we compare it to the one that did the best. The yeah, because right, even 14% for the LA Times isn't really that much. Yeah, know. exactly. 
Yep. And then, you know, we found that when animal agriculture was brought up, there was generally a lack of context about the relation between animal agriculture and climate change, with few mentions of the emissions and the environmental degradation that are caused by the industry. And most discussions of the relation between our diets and climate change were often often just a quick mention of meat reduction in a list of other actions that people can take to fight the climate crisis without ever really discussing how our diets contribute to climate change. Did they talk that much about plant-based diets or, you know, like, or you could put it in terms of shifting to a um, crop-based agriculture, you know, rather than an animal-based agriculture? Was that mentioned as like a solution very often? Uh, yeah, Jenny might be able to say more to this. <laughs> yeah, it's not really very much. And and like Connie was saying, you know, a lot of the articles that mentioned animal agriculture in general would usually be talking about how climate change impacted animal ag, like drought, um, you know, wiping out or, 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 you know, kind of persuading farmers to, to sell off their, their, their animals or that or how they were sort of mitigating, but not talking about how the actual meat is also, you know, a source of climate emissions. Um, we there was definitely at least one article I found that mentioned a switch to a plant-based diet, but yeah, we're talking about like, you know, a handful of articles. Um and yeah, out of a that about a yeah. thousand total or something. Yeah, one thousand. Yep. Terrible. Uh, in terms, because we also want the news, you know, to help us know what to do about these problems, you know. Exactly. Well, yeah. Absolutely. What were some of the other findings that, that came from the report? Yeah, so our second key finding, like Jenny was uh, just kind of saying, um, is that the animal agriculture industry was often portrayed more as a victim of climate change than as a significant cause of it. So, for example, um, a few articles discussed how floods and drought affect livestock and farmers, but not the other way around, not really discussing how animal agriculture is making natural emergencies like these worse by contributing to climate change. You know, we know that climate change is making natural emergencies more intense and more frequent, but there wasn't really any discussion of this. And as as I already mentioned, articles that brought up animal agriculture generally failed to report on the emissions that were caused by the industry or any of the many environmental consequences that animal farming has. And can I just say that I did my my master's thesis on news coverage of farmed animals um, in the early 2000s um, in the United States, and I had a similar finding. I wasn't looking at the climate issue in particular, but I noticed that a lot of times they talked about problems for farmers, but not, they weren't that worried about how the, the non-human animals, the farmed animals were affected by any of this. And so they were just saying like, you know, all the troubles that the farming industry is having economically or, or other things like that. So this is a little bit similar here. It's still like, okay, how is climate affecting the industry and not like, how is the industry causing climate change? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know there were some missed opportunities also, right, in terms of, well, that would be probably obvious since they're only talking, about, <laughs> you know, 7% of the time. Um, how did you like quantify that or how did you know what was missed opportunities? Yeah, so we had um, missed opportunities 
uh, to provide more context regarding the relationship between our diets and climate change, but there were also missed opportunities to relate animal agriculture to other causes of climate change, um, especially emissions. Um, I guess if we're talking about providing more context, uh, we found that you know many articles could have discussed in greater detail how what we eat can influence emissions and environmental damage. Um, for example, there were some stories that dealt with the effects of climate change on wildlife that could have also discussed the destruction of natural habitats that often occurs to make way for farmed animals and for feed crops. Absolutely. Yeah, and that these in turn you know contribute to climate change that's harming the wildlife. So it's a whole cycle there, um, and then stories that dealt with food could have discussed how cutting back on our consumption of animal products can help mitigate climate change. So definitely some mixed context there. Yeah. And yeah, and then invest, okay. like emissions too. And I know that um, methane in particular is an emission that comes from uh, land-based animals. And so did that get mentioned? I mean, we mostly talk about carbon most of the time. Mm -hmm. um, and not so much about methane as a greenhouse gas? Yeah, no, that's a great question. So we actually found, uh, you know, a large percentage of articles discussed emissions. I think it was about two thirds of our articles, yet barely any of those articles also discussed animal agriculture. So um, a lot of the articles that we looked at were written around the time that negotiations were happening for the climate bill, but they didn't really take the opportunity to discuss food sector emissions and how the bill would or wouldn't address these. Um, and then in terms of methane, um, we know that methane accounts for um, I think it's about 54% of the sector's emissions of animal agriculture emissions. Yet we found that it came up in just 22% of animal agriculture articles. So really not being discussed as much as it should be. Because methane is a pretty potent um, greenhouse gas that I think has a more immediate effect on the environment. Um, yes. Even though we don't talk about it as much, but it, it is highly associated with, um, with cows. And so you'd think that more articles would discuss it, but. Um, yeah, they really should. But it has a very high warming potential. So its effects are really dire. Yeah. And then um, just to wrap this up, there was I, um, impactful subsectors of animal agriculture are also not given enough attention by the media. That was also one of your findings. What do you mean by impactful subsectors? Yes. Um, so basically think of the cattle industry, the pork industry, the chicken industry. Each of these industries is responsible for a certain amount of emissions within the broader animal agriculture industry. Um, but the amount of coverage that each of these individual industries uh, received within that broader animal agriculture coverage was less than it should have been. So, for example, we know that cattle farming is responsible for over 60% of animal ag emissions, yet we found that cows were mentioned in half that many animal agriculture articles, which is pretty similar to what I was just saying about methane showing up in just 22% of articles, despite it accounting for 54% of emissions. Um, you mentioned yeah. half as often as it is warranted to be mentioned. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So overall, you know, animal agriculture really isn't receiving the media coverage it deserves in climate stories, both animal agriculture in general, as well as when you break it down into these smaller sub-industries. If you're just joining us on Radio Free Georgia, this is In Tune to Nature. I'm host Carrie Freeman talking about a 2023 report called Animal Agriculture is the Missing Piece in Climate Change Media Coverage 
with some of the report's co-authors, Connie Arevalo of Fondalytics and Jenny Splitter of Sentient Media. You can find the report on the website of the research organization faunalytics.org or on the animal news website, sentientmedia.org. And Jenny, let's let's talk solutions here. And given the policy agenda setting function of the news media, I like that your report has constructive recommendations on improving news coverage of the climate crisis so that journalism can better inform people and facilitate needed policy changes. Can you walk us through each of those? Uh, I think there's five recommendations for journalists from the report. Yeah, I mean, I think so. One of the first and I think most important recommendations is to is to you know ensure for journalists to make sure they are leading with the consensus of scientific evidence. I think um, sometimes with sort of the food climate overlap, you have maybe you have climate journalists who are more experienced with covering other sectors of em- of emissions, or sometimes you have food and farming journalists who maybe don't necessarily know all the wonky details of kind of the the what drives food sector emissions. So we're trying to really improve that. And um, to that end, we at Sentient Media, uh, which is on our website, we have a food and farming reporting guide for journalists. Um, I'm also we're also members of Covering Climate Now. So we've we've worked to kind of work with other climate journalists to just sort of get resources out there so people know kind of what of the leading um, you know, scientific evidence is uh, just to make sure we've just kind of qualitatively found kind of a, a real mix of sort of accuracy um, in some of those details in the reporting. So that's kind of the big one. Um, and we're obviously hoping for more expanded coverage. So we, you know, say every story is a climate story. You know, you might be reporting on the farm bill or even in stories where you're talking writing about recipes, you know, or or reporting on some farm practice that's an opportunity to mention the connection between what's on your plate and and the climate crisis, just so readers can understand that. Because I think you know that information is just not out there um, at the same level of other report, reporting on other sort of climate emissions. Um, and then one of the other recommendations we have is kind of you know just if, even if it's not an entire story on this, maybe just taking a few sentences to sort of make the connection for readers between what they eat and. The climate crisis. So, you know, if as I think Connie was mentioning before, is you know, for, there's a story on deforestation. The lead, one of the leading causes of deforestation is cattle ranching, and so and you know, to produce beef that might be on your plate. So, to kind of make that connection for readers again, even if it's just like one or two sentences, I think is so helpful. Um, you know, we also had to avoid framing issues in a way that hits one sector against another. And, and so what we mean by that is that, you know, often I think in discussions about climate, there's a, um, it's tempting to say like, you know, oh, the food sector is only say 11% of emissions in the US or, you know, a quarter of emissions globally. Um, but, you know, the transportation sector is this much or, you know, trying to kind of compare sectors when I think that, you know, the reality is that we have to be for the, for in terms of climate emissions, we need to be making cuts across the board. So it's not like you can sort of, you know, not eat meat and then go, you know, ha- buy a Hummer or whatever. Yeah, like, like drive a gas guzzling truck everywhere. Exactly. Like I think planes all over the place. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. Like every sector is important. So it's really, the, we're sort of like way past the point of arguing, like who's doing more damage, I think. Right. Because the statistics, as you mentioned, they're always in like from different organizations 
they, there's never like one set number that can say what animal agribusiness or fossil fuels is responsible for, but there's a range of like, oh, it could be anywhere from 11% to 30% or so, you know, so, but still it's enough, right? It's a big part of it. <laughs> and so yeah. it and needs I to be discussed like every time they're talking about climate issues, they can at least bring up food in addition to fossil fuels. And yeah, and it's been a bit of a tactic of the animal ag industry for a while. I think this has kind of shifted because, I mean, I think because of at least having some coverage, but but the the tactic was sort of to say, oh, we're you know, animal ag is only this this small percentage, um, and some of it would be kind of misleading, like they're relying on U.S. estimates, and the reason U.S. estimates are kind of lower is because. We're, we use so much energy that it ends up looking like so we're just basically terrible overall the, with U.S. emissions. So agriculture ends up looking comparatively smaller, even though it's overall still a lot of emissions. Um, uh, there's some good research um, from Tim Searchinger at Princeton, who's a, who's a really excellent food climate researcher on this. Um, and I, I think it's in my the article I wrote on for Sierra Magazine, if anyone's curious or find me on Twitter. But but yeah, I think it gets, you know, kind of wonky into the details. And that's why the reporting is so important to sort of like, you know, walk readers through what matters and make that connection. And that yes, like, you know, every every sort of action you can take to reduce emissions is really important and needed because we've just, you know, we're sort of past the point of arguing like about, you know, who's worse at this point. And then um, just with the few minutes we have left, Jenny, for listeners who are interested in helping the news media improve their climate coverage to include farming issues, what are some steps we as citizens and social media users could take? I mean, I think the best, if you see an article that does, that covers this issue well, you know, every media outlet would love you to share it. That's, that's you know, what Click we're on it, share it. Like, share yeah. it, tweet about it. And, you know, journalists are, if you're on Twitter, journalists are, that's where journalists hang out, st even still. So I think if there's something you want to see covered, like you saw an article that was like, oh, this was really in-depth about fossil fuels, but I was wondering, you know, why food sector emissions weren't mentioned, you know, tweet at a journalist or tweet at the editors or, you know, tweet at the outlet. And I think, and, and we do pay attention to that. So I, I think that's a great way to get the message out. But yeah, if somebody does a great, if there's an article that does a great job sharing that also is excellent. Yeah. And then some other ones you have tip off news outlets about interesting discussions that are happening around the role of an animal agriculture and climate change, too. Yeah, I mean, I think um, just anytime there's sort of conversations going on online, just I think, you know, journals are always busy and kind of overworked. So if you want, you can always like you can email you know, reporters and outlets directly and let them know that there's some conversation going on or, you know, if it's going on online, tag an outlet or tag um, a reporter. And I think that's a good way just to let people know what's happening. So many conversations are happening online and, you know, that can in some ways be a little misleading if it, just because we're, we're just, a, you know, it's a small sector of kind of like the overall public. But um, if something's happening that's kind of like it seems representative of something you've heard in the real world, it's kind of great to let, I think, journalists and editors um, or outlets know that that's happening because then that's kind of how stories how start. 
And also even just outside of journalism, we can use, like you mentioned Twitter, we can use our own social media platforms or like I'm using this radio show and podcast to talk about these things too. Like sometimes maybe we have to circumvent journalism or they'll pick up on the, you know, things that are happening on social media, you know, that we're doing. And that becomes a story or something. It is wild how that's happening. Like things will circulate on TikTok and then it becomes like a reported story. So yes, I mean, it's kind of, you know, it's a little scary, but it's also super empowering for people. You know, you can get a lot of information out there on your own. um, And if it starts to gain traction, media outlets definitely pay attention to that. That's, that's right. Well, that's the end of our show, but I want to thank you, Connie Arevalo and Jenny Splitter for being with us on Radio Free Georgia's In Tune to Nature program. Thanks for the work you and your colleagues are doing at Fodalytics and Sentient Media to better communicate animal protection issues to the public so we can improve the lives of fellow animals and all of us. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, thanks so much for this discussion. And to our listeners, thank you for tuning in to In Tune to Nature, broadcasting every Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time, online at wrfg.org and on Atlanta radio station 89.3 FM. We post action items, news, and podcasts on the show's website, facebook.com forward slash In Tune to Nature. The views and opinions expressed on the show do not necessarily reflect those of WRFG, its board staff, or volunteers. I'm one of those volunteers. I'm host Carrie Freeman asking you to please support independent non-commercial media like Radio Free Georgia and Sentient Media. And remember to take care of yourself and others, including other species. Thank you for listening. Cheers.